Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to The Jazz's Last Call, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, and to The Jazz's Backstage Pass, if you're following along in audio podcast form. My name is Brian Zimmerman. I am the executive editor of Jazz's Magazine, and as always, it is a pleasure to have you with us tonight. Uh, it is July 22nd. 2020. It is George Clinton's birthday, so happy birthday to him, and thank you for bringing the funk. Uh, we've got a great episode in store for you tonight because we are going to be checking in with vibraphonist Warren Wolf, who, you know, if you ask me, belongs on the Mount Rushmore of modern jazz vibraphonists. Um, he has a new album right now called Reincarnation on Mac Avenue Records. He's going to be talking to us a little bit about that. And then after that, we're going to get into some jazz news for the day. But anyway, uh, Warren is here. Let's not waste any more time. It's last call. What do you say we go one more round with Warren Wolf? Warren, are you there? Yes, indeed. I'm here. How you doing? Pleasure. I'm doing Cheers. all right. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, that's right. I've got I got the bourbon ready to go, man. Um, yeah, as our longtime viewers know, we'd like to start these episodes with a toast. This is the last call, after all. We drink to someone, some idea, some place, something. So, Warren, who, what, where, when, why are we honoring with this glass? I'm going to toast with you with a, some sparkling ice, an empty bottle. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Uh, let's see, what do we toast to? We toast to all the musicians out here who are just uh, doing their thing in this time of, of a pandemic and, you know, just, just pushing along and um, inspiring many others. To just keep. We all got to work together. So this is for all the musicians. That's exactly right. Here's to them. Cheers. Yeah, speaking of just grinding and getting it done, there you go. <laughs> nice shot of ice cold air. Um, how have you been getting through? Are you making music? Are you practicing? Are you recording? Have you been doing any live streams? What have you been up to, Warren? I've been doing plenty of live streams. Um, matter of fact, I think the week everything shut down, which was around the second week of March, I was on stage the following week doing live streams. So wow. I've been uh, working at two particular venues here in Baltimore. The first live stream uh, place is a place called Andy Music. I have a great relationship with the owner today, Henry Wong. I probably uh, played on uh, maybe six of my own live streams and then maybe four others, like with, you know, other musicians around town. And then the other club, Keystone Corner, which is owned by uh, Todd Bark and NEA Jazzmaster. Yeah. Um, I was on the very first live stream there that was with Vibraphone's Joe Locke and I did another with, with Sean Jones. And since then, uh, we've actually opened to the public. You know, that's right. We, we've had people recently, come in there yeah. just recently. So I think I've performed there maybe three or four times with the public. However, okay, wow. just today, our uh, mayor just announced that in-room dining is being suspended for the next two weeks until basically until further notice. Okay. So, um, so you're on the front lines. I'm curious. So what's it like to perform live now in this new altered universe we're living in? You're on stage. Are you masked up or the other players masked or like, how's it working? Well, all the players are pretty much masked up for rehearsals, but, um, uh, you know, I, I think when the gig time come around, we pretty much, we keep the mask on, but we just kind of pull it down because you go. rehearsals compared to the gig, it's two different things. And you right. know, when we get on, when we're playing for real, it's like a lot of guys can't really breathe in that stuff. <laughs> now it's understanding for the horn players. The horn players are definitely not wearing masks. Yeah. Um, yeah. the audiences have been great. Um, uh, I mean, they're definitely limited as compared to before, like for instance, Keystone Corner. Uh, holds 
about 200 folks and we're supposed to operate at 50% capacity, but you know, we're not going to even get that because a lot of people are still nervous to come out. So I would say still, it's probably about 40 people in the room, which is actually really good. I think Tosh is yeah. happy about that because he's probably to my knowledge, like maybe one of five clubs open in the country right now. That's actually pretty having, much yeah. having people in there. So yeah, um, it's been, it's been cool. It's been nice. Uh, the one thing that I miss, but I understand we can't do it, is the audience interaction. So basically, when we when we when we get off the stage, um, myself and the band, we go straight to the dressing room. Oh, you mean you can't hang, you can't shake hands, you can't yeah. sign CDs, none of that. Yeah, and that's a huge part of yeah. gigging and being on the road is meeting yeah. fans. Yeah, now I get it. And I, we should mention, you are talking to us from home in Baltimore. You are a Baltimore guy. We were talking a little bit about this before the show started. And this is home. I mean, you never really left, right? I'm trying to think, who were some major Baltimore cats? Um, There's plenty of them. I can, yeah. go, I can go back in the day to, to, to today. You know, I mean, most people will always recognize it for you know, Billy Holiday, Chick Webb, and Yubi Blake. Right. And then if, once we keep going, we have major artists like the great saxophonist uh, Gary Bartz. That's who, right. Uh, it's from Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Ten, tenor saxophonist uh, Gary Thomas. Uh, Cyrus Chestnut, Antonio Hart, Mark Gross, um, myself, uh, Dennis Chambers. Um, and then, you know, there's a whole other gospel scene, you know, a lot of yeah. great musicians who are doing wonderful things on that scene and, and pop, but, you know, as far as the jazz, like those are some of the best ones I can name. Charm City, Charm City, strong jazz lineage. Um, before we get into talking about the new album, which I definitely want to talk about, I want to ask a question that I ask all vibraphonists, yeah. which is how did you start playing this instrument? It's not your most conventional jazz instrument, you know? Yeah, a lot of people ask me that. Yeah. So, <laughs> my dad, his name is Warren Wolf Sr. I'm the junior, even though I don't really use it. Um, he was the main one to get me started. He was a history teacher in the Baltimore City Public School. He's, okay. he's now retired, but uh, on the weekends, he had a band called Wolfpack, and they would play around the Baltimore, D.C. area pretty often but they would rehearse in our basement like all the time wow. so as, as a young kid i used to always go down go downstairs in the basement and just sit there on the steps and listen to them and um you know i grew up in a pretty rough part of baltimore you know a lot of things happened around there um so my dad wanted to do something to give me some type of extracurricular activity to keep me busy and basically i just tried to copy everything he did <laughs> So, you know, from the cool. from the vibes to the drums to the piano to the uh, the hand drums, um, whatever he played, I played. So very nice, hand it, it down. Was, it was the a other time big... I, I did try to play trombone. I was like, that's not working. <laughs> <laughs> that is a toughie, man. That is a toughie. Yeah, I, yeah, I spoke with Joe Locke, you know, your friend, another great vibraphonist. He said he started by playing the Glockenspiel in the school marching band. That's how it starts for most of us. That's exactly. Playing glockenspiel, marching glockenspiel. Very cool. But the other big question is, how do you travel with this thing? How do you travel with your vibes? So most of my shows nowadays, I mean, if I have something in the D.C. area, Baltimore, and maybe New York, not even, but, you know, maybe just Baltimore, D.C., I have my own set of vibes, and I just, you know, simply just break them down, put them in a the car, and go. Um, but any other time... Um, when I'm out in New York or anything outside of that region, this area, uh, the promoter typically rents for me. And if they sometimes, you know, if I know that the vibraphone isn't happening, weirdly enough, there's always at least one or two people in every city who plays the instrument. So I have, oh, yeah. all, I have all of their numbers and I'll just wow. I'll, I'll shoot them a text and be like, hey, I'm in town. Can I borrow You're plugged into the Jazz Vibraphone Network. And if yeah. you're in need, 
have to be. Don't, and I, uh, I, I do the same thing see? for them. I'll say, if you guys are in Baltimore, you need, even though I probably won't be there, but still just hit me up. <laughs> That's cool. See, there's the more, you know, there's a jazz vibe phone network out there. People yeah. hooking each other up. I like yeah. that, man. And we're already seeing people say hi on Facebook and YouTube. Scott Shrewsbury, hello. Uh, George Burton, hello. Joyce, hello. Lavinia Dreamweaver, hello. Um, yeah, go ahead. Write us and let us know where you're watching from. Let us know about your favorite Warren Wolf album or a favorite Vibraphone album. Um, and if you have a question for Warren, feel free to drop it and we'll try to get to it uh, at the end of the interview. Um, so, yeah, Warren, let's talk about the new album, Reincarnation. Dropped earlier this year on uh, Mac Avenue. A great name, powerful name. You know, in in what way is this album a reincarnation for you in your artistic career right now? Well, back when I was a kid, I'm an '80s. I was born in '79, but I'm an '80s kid, and um, you know, I have two older sisters. And growing up around the house, I heard all types of music. You know, I didn't grow up in a a jazz household. Right, that was right. like the last thing that was being played, even <laughs> though it was played. So my, my parents had the whole Motown era that they loved. And then my sisters grew up in that area, in the era of uh, Run DMC and New Edition and all those types of yeah. things like that. And every now and then my father would throw on, uh, say, Grover Washington, Stanley Torrentine, and some Miles Davis and Charlie Parker, and Milt Jackson. Those are like the main ones I remember here. Oh, let me throw on Bobby Hutchinson as well. Okay. So, um, but it's just a combination of all of these styles that I've heard coming up. And it was always in me to to play like just soul music, fusion music. Even as a young child, when I used to play it at my, with my father's bands at the nightclubs and when I was 11, 12 years old, they never played like swinging music. They would play stuff out of Yellow Jackets and right. Spiral Jower and things like that. So right. it's always been in me. However, um, in order for me to truly understand improvisation, I kind of just dived head first into traditional jazz. Right. So, um, when I got to uh, high school, Baltimore School for the Arts, um, I was still trying to figure things out. It was improv was still really hard for me, but I was kind of getting it. So, you know, fast forward when I went to Berkeley and I started being around a, a bunch of musicians up there and, you know, a bunch of great musicians and I, things started to click. Now, the great thing about Berkeley, there's a lot of musicians who go there just for music. It's not just jazz, they go there for music. All kinds and, of music, yeah. yeah. And most of, my, music. Yeah, most, of the, most of my friends who, who I was hanging with, a lot of those guys went to the West Coast and started, you know, playing pop music and things like that. I was like, oh, let me just keep on going down this jazz path. But that pop side was still in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was always pulling. It was calling. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. I was just being pulling. I was being pulled. I was divided. Um, yeah. Some of the shows that I used to play at Berkeley on piano, like the, the biggest show at Berkeley that they had was called the Singer Showcase, which is, um, I would say they grabbed 15 of the best singers of, at the school year. And you never know what, what style of music is going to be played. It's going to be jazz to pop to rock to classical. And I think two of those years they called me and they said, Warren, we want you to play piano on this mm. show. So, you know, um, like I said, toward the end of my years at Berkeley, it was there, but I was like, no, let me just keep going down the straight to his side. So fast forward 20 years later and uh, eight albums later of uh, traditional jazz, I just turned 40 in November of uh, last year. And I wanted to just do something else. You know, I had some friends telling me, they said, Warren, you know, you've done eight albums of straight ahead jazz. You can do that. You prove that it's never yeah. going to go away. Why not try something else? And he's right, because uh, you look at a lot of the greats like Miles Davis, Herb Hancock, Tony Williams, you know, all of those guys, they 
play straight ahead jazz, but they just try something else. Right. And I said, well, this part of my style has been pretty much dormant for a while. Why not bring it back? So beautiful. Yeah. And it's awesome. You've, <laughs> you've got the, it, just like you said, the, old school soul vibe, but also like the new 90s R&B vibe. You're really drawing from a lot of influence. I had a conversation with Dave Weckl the other day, and he talked about how fusion, people like to pigeonhole it to a certain genre or era rather, um, you know, but fusion is really just it's doing exactly what you're doing, yeah. mixing jazz with other pop influence we'll say pop but you know yeah. and, and it's evolving and it's always evolving so uh yeah this album and lavinia dream we just dropped a line she said i got reincarnation it is an amazing album and it really is um i like that you have the kind of intro of like the uh jazz radio station you know you drop like this announcer voice in there yeah, yeah. um was radio like a big influence on you growing up were you one of those radio kids always tuning in in your room Always. Listening to radio, Always. yeah. So, so the main station here was a, uh, it was called ninety two Q, at least for hip hop. And I mean, I I didn't even know what a jazz station was back then, to be right. honest. Right. So I'm out, my my main thing was always was listening to, uh, that hip hop station. But the one thing about me, musically speaking, is I've never gravitated toward music that just didn't go anywhere. Like mm. like with guys who was just rapping just to be rapping or singing just well not singers I'll say rapping. But most of the music, especially in hip hop that I would listen to, there was it was always jazz influence. Like they had some type of chord move movements that moved it around. Like a yeah. clear a clear example, just one song that just came to, came to my head right now. Uh the song Dear Mama by Tupac Shakur. It has four chords. Okay. That you can easily solo over if you really know your jazz harmony. Okay. I've always gravitated towards stuff like that. And I would take material like that and try to put it into my jazz compositions the only difference is i'm just taking away the swing the swing beat right that's <laughs> it, it man. It's, it's still stuff that we can play over it was still stuff we can have fun with but you know it's just trying to trying different rhythms especially coming from a drummer standpoint and i am a drummer yes uh, it's I, still vibes or percussive instrument yeah 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 i don't I, 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 i've always figured at least for the drummers who work with, with me you know, it's like, don't you get bored just just swinging all day? Now, some drummers don't. You know, some drummers really like that. But I, <laughs> the, the majority of drummers that I like to play with, they like playing swing to uh, Latin to hip hop to fusion yeah. to you know, just many, many many things just to change it up and make it fun. You so, definitely yeah. switch up the styles quite a bit on the new album. It's great, and and you have a song in tribute to your mother too for Ma, um, which is just a beautiful, beautiful piece. You know, you mentioned the gospel tradition of Baltimore, and you can hear that style in this song. It is it is just beautiful. Um, what kind of influence was she on your musical career? Um, um nothing on a play inside, but my right. mother, my mother was just very much there all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes I had to go back in, in certain interviews and realize that, you know, I give too much props to my dad. Nothing wrong with mm -hmm. that. <laughs> my dad did a, did a hell of a lot for me. But, you know, my mom was uh, very much there as well. She would be the person to to drive me to other rehearsals and sit there and listen and take notes and things like that. And then she would pass them on to my dad, say, hey, here's the stuff <laughs> he needs to work on. But uh, right. my mom was, was super hot. Um, when she retired the last couple years of, of her life, she took a she took an early retirement. And I guess she was trying to figure out what to do. Like, what, what should I do? You know, with the last, you know, now that I'm retired. So my dad said, "Hey, why don't you? I'll teach you how to play piano." So the last couple of years oh, of wow. my life, she got really good at the piano. I'm not saying wow. she was solo on anything like that. Right. But what they would do, they would go down to their studio, and my dad would 
would put on those songs from their heyday and my mom would just get on the piano and just play with those songs easily that's beautiful man so so she had the ear you realize later maybe (laughs) it came down from her very cool man you have another great song in there powerful song poignant song called the struggle um and obviously i just was listening to it today and what i envisioned you know now in july 2020 was a different struggle than i imagine it was back when you wrote it what struggle were you referring to back then so back then like i said i'm from Baltimore. There's a lot of stuff that happens there. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny whenever I'm on the road and, and I tell people I'm from Baltimore, they automatically go, Oh, the wire. And <laughs> I can honestly say I've never seen that show because I've, I've pretty much lived it. Right. But, um, yeah. Back when I first wrote it, I had, uh, some, some, uh, family tragedies, tragedies. So I had a cousin who was, um, um, he was shot, I think 11 times and, mm survived it you know wow but he was he, he was shot seven times i had another cousin who was an aspiring football player who was at, i think at the time he was maybe 18 or 19 and you know he was i think he was building to be a lineman if you're in the nfl you know you know okay. the, the linemen are those big dudes up front who weigh yeah. like 300 pounds but at 19 18 19 years old he had a he had a stroke he didn't pass but he just had a stroke that left him with a permanent wow. limp in his in his, in his uh, leg and then um I think I had another cousin that was was murdered sensibly in the streets. And then, you know, we fast forward to today. Right. I look at um my my ex wife. I just I I won't go down the whole line, but I'll just use use her. My ex wife was uh I think some point last year, I think it was in February or March, she was just sitting in the car, uh, waiting to pick up some kids from a from a daycare. And um it was it was a very windy day. And what happened while she was just sitting there, just you know, minding her own business, a huge tree fell on the car while she was inside of it. Oh she's, my God. She's, she's okay. Yeah, wow. she, you know, she, man, she made a remark. I mean, she just recovered quickly. Wow. Um, but she, I mean, she had a broken neck and things like that, and I was scared because you know, I I have kids with her. We uh, yeah, we have, three, we have three kids. Yeah, but, you know, it's a combination of all of all of those things, and I think that anybody who listens to that song. And, you know, take away my family, anybody who listens to the song. And if you're just going through something, if you just really listen to the entire song, I know it's I think that song is the longest song on the record. I think it's mm-hmm. about eight, eight minutes or something. Like right. That. But if you just really listen to it, it'll give you a sense of uh, relief. Totally. And this, and this is without lyrics. <laughs> without lyrics. And that's what I'm saying. That's what's so incredible. That's why it kind of seems almost like suited for this these times as well. It's because like you can hear, you know, you can hear kind of sadness and frustration in it but also optimism you know Mm -hmm. that's the through line so it feels like an anthem for these times too it's a beautiful song and lavinia is saying too for ma was the first song i heard that made me want to get this album it is a beautiful song people listening it is an absolutely beautiful song um but there's also big news album wise for you warren uh something else on the horizon something else in the works yep so i'm uh we'll be releasing a holiday record um christmas of course which right. will be coming out at some point later in the year and i just hope for those who are watching you know just just keep your eye out and uh more news will be released about that uh pretty soon awesome i love talking christmas in july man <laughs> did you so did you, did you have to record the tracks like in the middle of summer and then wait uh, all year to put them out 
Yeah, I'll say this. You should have seen the photo shoot. So when we recorded, because I, I asked everybody, I said, in order, at least for the, the video, I said, listen, I know it's hot as hell outside, but I need y'all to bring some Christmas sweaters. <laughs> and we, we were so, in the studio recording for a second. I said, put the sweater on. It's hot. Put the sweater you know? We're going to go sweat. Yeah. Take the that's beautiful, man. Very cool. Hey, well, we will definitely be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, everybody, I really recommend go spin this record. Reincarnation is out now. You can stream it, but now's the time to buy it, to absolutely buy it. Let's support these artists out there making the music. If people wanted to uh maybe buy the record, can they do it from your site? Or where's the best place for people to follow along with you, Warren? Uh got a number of options. You can still go go on iTunes while it's still there. Um yeah. Uh, you can go to Mac Avenue, uh, records.com, um, Amazon, you know, all those places. And if you really want to just send me a message online and we can do a personal transaction. Very cool. And if you have a vibraphone out there somewhere in the world, make sure Warren knows about it because he That's may right. come calling. <laughs> <laughs> Warren, hey, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for stopping by the last call. Like I said, people, go listen to Reincarnation and then uh, let's all wait for uh, the Christmas album to come out. Definitely. It's going to be a good one. Definitely. Warren, cheers to you, man. Thank, Thank you for you, joining man. me tonight. Let me get my ice out for you. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> Have a good night, man. Have a good one. Bye. Later. Great. Thank you to Warren Wolf for stopping by the Jazz's last call tonight. That new album, Reincarnation, is really, really good. Um, go spin it right now and then can't wait for his Christmas record to come out uh, during the holidays. We are going to get into some jazz news real quick. Uh, you don't want to miss what's coming up. Some big news from uh, Blue Note Records. Before we do, though, just wanted to let you know about one of our sponsors. After all, you're going to be wanting to listen to a lot of Warren Wolf, and uh, that's where Cambridge Audio comes in. They are makers of some of the finest audio equipment in the world. You can check out their incredibly stylish premium Alva TT, the world's first Bluetooth APTX HD turntable that lets you put the turntable anywhere in the room. More info is available at cambridgeaudio.com. All right. Hey, yeah, some cool uh, jazz news for today, July 22nd. First is this interesting partnership between the vocalist Gregory Porter. Um, you know him. He's got that great baritone voice. He did that song on my way to Harlem. Anyway, NASA, as in, you know, spaceship rocket NASA, has announced today that Grammy award-winning singer and songwriter Gregory Porter will perform for the launch of its of its historic Mars 2020 Perseverance rover mission. Porter will sing a spe special rendition of America the Beautiful from his home in California as part of the live coverage of the launch scheduled for Thursday, July 30th. Porter is the first recording artist ever to be invited by NASA to perform for a Mars mission launch. So how cool is that? Space fans, jazz fans, uh, wherever those two fanships overlap, this is absolutely the concert for you. Uh, other quick piece of news here is that uh, on September 25th, drummer Richard Barada will release his debut studio recording music and film The Real Deal on Savant Records. Now, who is Richard Barada? He is a jazz drummer, but he is also a well-respected and busy film producer whose recent credits include The Joker and The Irishman. Okay, so in fact, Joe Pesci, uh, yes, that Joe Pesci, uh, was kind enough to offer a quote about Richard for the liners. He says, I always knew Richie was a great producer of films. When I got to sing some jazz numbers with him and his group, I learned something else. The man is a fantastic jazz drummer, an incredible Latin jazz musician. He hopes that we enjoy this great music. Again, this album is coming out September 25th. It features Vincent Herring, Paul Bolenbeck, Michael Goetz, and Paul Roseman. So be on the lookout for that. 
come September. All right, last piece of news for you. This is a cool one. Uh, Verve Records and Universal Music are teaming up to present Summer Samba, an audio and visual feast for the senses, celebrating the timeless and influential sounds of Samba and Bossa Nova. This month-long tribute will pair some of the biggest songs in this soothing and sensual canon with vibrant animated visuals for a host of official music videos, unique visualizers, and album cover videos that will be collected together as a dynamic YouTube playlist. Um, it kicks off today. The Summer Samba Audio Festival kicks off today with the first ever official video for uh, Stan Getz and Astrid Gilberto's enduring and enchanting classic, The Girl from Ipanema. Um, it's the international hit that put Bossa Nova on the map and uh, turned Bossa Nova pretty much into a worldwide sensation. We have put that video, the official animated video of The Girl from Ipanema on our website, jazzes.com. You can view it there and I suggest you do so after uh, this live stream. And what do you know? We've reached the end of our live stream. Uh, one of the let you know quickly if you don't know already about our summer 2020 issue so this has already been mailed to subscribers should be on coffee tables this very minute but check it out it is all about the age of fusion got a nice cover story on uh, chicory in there if you're not a print subscriber fear not we have digitized all of the content from this print issue and added them as web articles to our website now you will need a digital subscription to read it and fortunately we're offering a special subscription rate for jazz's last call viewers for just 99 cents per month for three months you unlock unlimited digital access to the site plus we'll enroll you to receive a uh, complimentary issue of our forthcoming issue which is coming out in september that issue is all about the art of the album listening to albums collecting albums producing albums album cover art it's a really cool issue and like i say you sign up now you get all of the content from this print issue as web articles along with every other print issue as web articles plus a free issue in your mailbox come september you're going to want to check it out right now all right that'll do it for this episode of the jazz is last call i am going to shut down the bar you don't have to go home but you can't stay here i'm brian zimmerman Thanks for watching, everyone. We will see you tomorrow with uh, a special representative from Project Records. He's going to be teaching us 10 things you probably didn't know about record collecting. Tune in tomorrow, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that notification bell. Make sure you know when we're live. Thank you for watching, everyone. Patrice, appreciate the compliment. Marcella, hey, thanks for tuning in. Lavinia, good to see you as always. Joyce, hey, thanks for watching. And yes, congrats to Gregory Porter on that cool spaceship news. All right, everyone. See you tomorrow. So long.